0: Well, good morning, welcome to the weekend after, right? Welcome to those of you in Plymouth, for those of you at our regional campuses, we so appreciate you joining us, especially those of you at Grosse where we're live right now, communicating with you as well, and if you're a guest, welcome to Northridge, it's just terrific having you here, and they said no one would come the weekend after Christmas, and here you are. I, I just really, really am proud of you and thankful for you. Uh, All of us, you know, this last week um, celebrated Christmas in one way or another. Uh, I know not everybody celebrates Christmas, but most of us, I'm sure, did, and in some way we were impacted by this holiday, and probably most of you exchanged gifts, you know, with some people and all that. Well, we did the same thing. And in our home, uh, since we have grandkids and kind of young adult children and that kind of deal... um, Video games are pretty big, and so there was a new video game that found its way into our family's culture. And it was of the adventure genre. I won't get into the titles, but it was it was one of these games where great graphics, I mean beautiful graphics, but I mean there's like no map, no instructions. You have to find your way around in these things. And and I have to tell you, I finally Realized after going through all kinds of different paths that I was just continuing to come around to the same exact place time and time and time again. A stupid waterfall with a stupid couple of rocks that I could jump on. And I'd take another route and I'd end up at the same place. And I'd take another route and I'd end up at the same place. I mean, it was frustrating. I mean, it was frustrating. I finally just threw the controller down and my son-in-law picked that thing up and he started like... Jumping up on rocks and climbing across walls, and he started doing all that. There were no instructions on this thing. He just started finding his way. No more waterfall, no more stupid double rock. He was going in these things, and buildings were falling down, and he was finding treasures and all that stuff, and it was just absolutely crazy. And I realized he, he had never played this game before, but he had experience playing games like that. Who knows these characters crawl across the wall like this, you know? I didn't I didn't know you could jump from one building to another and I didn't I didn't know any of this different stuff. You see, I'm not a gamer. Uh, unless you, you know, count 3 decades ago with Space Invaders and uh, Pac-Man. I mean, I'm just not a gamer. How many of you are gamers, you'd say? Okay, we've got some of you. You need to get yourself a life, really. Seriously, no, I'm j- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's fun. I, we, we always beat up people who are better at something than we are, right? And so, I mean, that's ama- you amaze me. But as I've, as I've thought about the experience, the same is true in life. I mean, really. I mean, one of the great advantages of getting older, and in spite of what a bunch of old people say, there aren't that many, all right? But one of the great advantages of getting older is experience, my son-in-law didn't need instructions, didn't need maps. He'd never played this game before, but he was all over the place. He had experience. He knew what he was looking for. He recognized certain things, and he was able to perform because he had been there before. He had done that before many, many times. And that's one of the great advantages of getting older. As I've spent some time in this life, I've, I've come back around on multiple occasions to the same place, and I've realized, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to keep ending up at this place unless I do something different. And though we take all kinds of different paths in life and all kinds of different routes, and we try all kinds of different things, just like I did in that game and kept ending up at the same place, more often than not, in life, through experience I've discovered that we're going to do the same thing. Different paths, different things, we're going to end up at the same frustrating place time and time and time again. And here's what's become extremely obvious to me. We're, we're all in our adventure of life, speaking of in the genre adventure, we're all in the adventure of life looking for something to live for. I mean, that's what we're looking for. I mean, we keep taking different paths and we keep trying different things because we're looking for something to live for, something that that we feel is worthy of devoting our lives to, something that we can pursue as a means of finding happiness and fulfillment and significance in our lives. Well, let let me put it in spiritual language. All these different paths we take and things we try, we're, we're, we're really just looking for something to worship. I mean, that's what we're looking for. In my life, for a while, what I was trying to, you know, live for, what I was looking for happiness and significance and fulfillment and what I was looking as uh, being worthy to devote my life to, for a short while in my young life, it was sports. And, and I was, I, my IQ's not all that high, and my discernment is almost non-existent. You know, you know what sport I chose? Look at me. Basketball. Really? I mean, I devoted, I mean, my entire young life to basketball. I went to basketball camps. I practiced three hours a day. Look at I barely could squeak out 5'11". I'm slow. I can't jump. And I was never any good. I should have taken up golf. Because that's what you untalented people do, right? I mean, seriously. Okay, that's a joke. But you, you get it. I mean, I... I mean, I took up God, and I lived for it, and I devoted myself to it. That is where I'll find fulfillment and happiness. And you know what? I kept coming back to the same place. The bench. I was no good. And so I I moved on. I started uh, taking a new path. I was looking for a, a new way to find what I was looking for. You know, happiness, significance, fulfillment, something to live for, something to you know esteem in my life. And so after sports, it, it became girls, man. And I have to admit, this was a long path for me, right? I mean, it was like a lot of different little curves on the path, <laughs> pun intended, and uh, on and on we go. And and But you know what I found? Even though it was a very different path, it led me back to the same place. I was still looking for Fulfillment. I was still looking for significance. I was still looking for happiness. I mean, I, I was pursuing this, and it didn't work. And so, you know, I kind of changed up again, and I thought, well, maybe it's career. You know, career. If I could be successful in my career, then, then that would do it. And I took a whole new path. But you know what I found? I ended up at the same stupid place again. Empty once again, longing for that which I hadn't found yet. Happiness and fulfillment and significance. Something worthy of of devoting my entire life to. And then, then I thought it was finances. I thought my, my real problem was the fact that I had to struggle day by day, and week by week, just to make the ends meet. Have you ever been there? And I remember praying, dear God, I don't wanna be rich. Just get me to the place where I don't have to worry about next month's bills. And that was the path I started taking. But you know what I found out? Even when I had enough for next month's bills, even when I no longer had those stresses, I still ended up at the same place, empty and looking for happiness and looking for significance and looking for fulfillment. Does this sound at all familiar to you? It was weird. Different paths, and they got me back to the same exact place time and time and time again. And I've done it all. I mean, I've tried it all. And I found that all that stuff just gets me to the same place. I, I, and then experience started teaching me, there's gotta be more to life than this. You know, once I saw my son-in-law you know, doing that, I, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be something else I can do, and, and then I finally, after many, 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 many years of failure, I found that there is one thing that we can devote our lives to and never be disappointed. There is one thing we can look to for, for happiness, joy, you know, the right kind of happiness and and significance and fulfillment, there is somewhere we can turn where it's worthy of devoting our lives to forever, and that's God. He, he's the only path, the only one who's truly worthy of our worship and leads us to a different place. In life, I always wanted to get into those places where I could find the treasures and you know, see things explode and see new things happen and get to new places and I never could on my own no matter what path I took and I know you're just like me but I'm gonna tell you there is a path and it's Jesus Christ and And that's kind of the end of the talk here at the beginning but you just need to know where it's going. God gives us a great picture of, of this truth that there are tons of different paths and they all lead to the same empty place but there's there's one path that leads to a life of fulfillment, and, and he gives us this in a picture of Christmas, and the picture is the wise men. And it's interesting, because we started this series uh, with a talk on Herod, and, and now we're going to look at the wise men, and it's the same passage, really, and so look at Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one? who has been born king of the Jews. How did they know that he'd been born? Ah, we saw his star. We saw his star. Lodge that in your memory bank for towards the end of the talk. That'll take on significance. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The picture of the wise men. Now, we've got the whole wise men thing all screwed up, you know. And we've even called this talk Magi. That's really a sixth, seventh century word. really wasn't who they were and a lot of people are trying to interpret who they were (laughs) based upon the word well you're gonna you're gonna get it wrong and then you know uh, you know everybody you know they even call them by name you know I can't pronounce those stupid names but some of you can right and and we say there were how many wise men find that in the Bible it's nowhere in the Bible we don't know if there were three wise men we have no clue they the three wise men. I've heard people preach on that Three wise men, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's a bunch of bull. I mean, seriously, that is nowhere in the Bible. There could have been 400 wise men, and they were just cheap, so they went in together for three gifts. I mean, seriously. But none of that really matters. It's just fun to talk about, right? But here's the truth of the picture that God gives us through the wise men that I really want to drill into this weekend. We're all seeking something to worship. Isn't it interesting? These guys from the east, we have no idea who they were, and they saw this star, and maybe the Holy Spirit illuminated their heart, or maybe they were just desperate for a new trail, or, you know, a, a new way to find joy and fulfillment, but they followed the star. They left home, they left family, left everything to follow a star, to find this baby to worship. Why? Because we're all seeking something to worship. And we're willing to go to great lengths to find what we're looking for. You know because you've done it. We've sacrificed a ton and we've invested a ton and we've devoted ourselves to a ton of different things looking for the same thing and then ending up in the same place. We're all seeking something to worship. That's what they were doing. Like it or not, and I, I know, I, I, we, I love that all people of all kinds of backgrounds and people of all kinds of different places in the spiritual journey attend Northridge. I love that. I, we have people who just don't even accept the idea of God here, and yet you're coming, and I'm so glad you're here. But like it or not, whether you believe in God or not, you worship something, someone. You can make fun of or judge or criticize or demean or belittle people who worship God, but but the truth is, if you don't worship God, you're worshiping something or someone. And that's pretty stupid. I mean, I, make, I, I, I talk about Apple a lot, you know, and I love my iPhone and I hate your Androids. I mean, I get it. I mean, and, you know, there's a reason your Androids are cheaper than Apple. It's because they're cheaper than Apple. I mean, you know, I say stuff like that all the time, but But, you know, the truth is, there are a lot of people who worship their technology, and that's stupid. It's dumb. Next year, it's a piece of junk. A lot of people who worship their jobs, but, you know, your job's going to let you down. It already has. If people worship pleasure and sex, look at that. What's that last, like a half a second, and then, you know, you want it again? I mean, that's not very lengthy, There is a Discovery Island if you're having trouble with this talk right now, just a thought. <laughs> Though I know they don't have a clue what I'm saying. Look at, I'm just telling you, we worship the stupidest things. And then we criticize those who worship things we don't worship. But we're all seeking something or someone to worship. It's just that most people, like me for most of my life, worship the wrong things. And so we keep coming back to the same place over and over and over again. Lost as lost can be, empty as empty can be, and we fail to find fulfillment. If you've lived long enough, you've experienced the same place over and over and over again. If I could only have a new house, if I could only have another new house, if I could only have another new house. I'm at the stage of my life where I'm saying if I could only get rid of this stupid house... But it's all seeking the same thing. Here's what you need to know. We're designed, we are designed to worship. We are. I mean, we're created to worship. You need to know that. We're created to need something to elevate and hold in high esteem. We need, we were created to need to devote ourselves to something that doesn't disappoint. We we were created to need to find something where we could find happiness and significance, fulfillment. We were designed to worship, but we were designed to worship God because he's the only one who can satisfy in every single way. Get us to the new places that we're looking for. Fill the inside longings that we have. Look at Exodus 20. This is why God made it one of his great commands, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God. You need to know I'm God. I'm the source of of joy and significance and fulfillment. I'm the one you can lift up, and I'll never disappoint you. I am the Lord your God, and you shall have no other gods before you. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. And a lot of people see, oh my gosh, what a puny God that he's trying to get everybody to look at him. No, he knows that if you don't look to him, you'll look to something else. And that will lead you back to the same disappointing, frustrating, empty place. My son in law has proven that he can teach me how to transcend and go through, traverse and go through uh, an adventure video game. And how dumb would I be? I don't want to watch you. I'll do it on my own. I'm going to tell you, I would be 92 years old still going, that stupid waterfall. But I can listen to him, and he'd go, no, 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 don't do that, he'd say. Because you won't go anywhere. And I, no, you're just a small little puny dude. You don't want me to do it my way. No, he doesn't want me to waste my life. And that's what God's doing. God doesn't want you to keep wasting your life. Arriving at the same place. Disappointed, frustrated once again. That you're not finding what you're looking for. Stop worshipping stuff. That will not lead you to the place you long to go. We're all seeking something to worship. I, I mean, because of my experience in life, I've learned that we, we worship, and remember, many failures and a couple of successes in my life. We, I've learned that we worship what we love and value the most. That's what we worship. When I, when I loved basketball, what did I I worshiped it. I had to live for it. Now I don't even watch it. When I Did the career deal? It's like, oh, it's all about success and all about that stuff. You know, this is really sad. But, but I used to find my worth in how many people attended the church I pastored. Do you know how sad that is? Because this is weird. I've discovered this over time. You people leave for weird stuff. Brad said, "Crap! The weekend after Christmas, I'm going to another place. Good luck." You know what the problem with that church will be? He won't say crap. <laughs> find something. But I mean, I find my worth in it. And you know, you're valuable to me. You're very valuable to me. And the more people who come to Northridge, the more people I get to speak truth to. That's a good thing. But if I find my worth in how many people come to this church, I am a loser. And we do the same thing in our lives. We're, no wonder we lose so much. What we worship is what we love and value the most. What we lift up in our life is what we love and value the most. Look at 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. God warns us, but mark this. He said, mark this down. There will be terrible times in the last days, terrible times. And he says, this is what will make them terrible. People will be worshipers of themselves, worshipers of money, worshipers of pleasure rather than worshipers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. To what you're going, it doesn't say worshiper, it says lover. Right, you know, you know how God taught us to worship him? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. When you love God that way, you know what you do? You worship him. But people aren't. You know who we're loving with all our heart and soul, mind and strength? More often than not ourselves, our own pleasure, or, you know, the things we get in this world. And no wonder we're experiencing such terrible times in our life and our world. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Do you know many people use religion the same way? Do you know that many people are pursuing religion as a pathway to help them to find the emptiness they're looking for? And you're going to arrive back the same stupid waterfall and two-sided route. You're going to get to the same place because religion won't get you there. Only God will. I have found, as I've discovered in the experiences of my life, that what we worship determines the substance of our lives. And remember, what we're really looking for when we're looking for joy and significance and fulfillment, what we're really looking for, isn't it substance? I mean, we're at, would you give me something substantive in love? Would you give me a substantive love? Will you give me a substantive sense of value in this world? Would you give me substance? And we keep finding emptiness. Well, what we worship determines the substance of our lives, whether it's Deep or not. Look at Jeremiah 2.5. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your fathers... God's asking this through his prophet. What fault did your fathers find in me? God's saying, what, what fault did you find in me? And what, that, that forced them to run away from me, to stray so far from me, to leave me out of their lives. I mean, what fault did they find? And then, then God says, because what they chose is crazy. They rejected me and they followed worthless idols... And this is so important, and they became what's that word? Okay, I'm, I want to do this again, because I really want a greater participation than two people. OK? And I know Grossiel, you went nuts over it. I'm sure you did, but here in Plymouth got a couple. So let's say, they followed worthless idols and became themselves. That's God talking. God forgot to take the self-esteem seminar. You know, God created us with unbelievable worth because God created us in His image of eternal value. We have great worth. We don't have to lie to each other about our worth. We don't have to build each other up by flattery trying to create worth. God created us with worth. The reason we have self-esteem problems and the reason we have insecurity problems and the reason we feel worthless is because we are devoting our lives to that which is worthless and it leaves us worthless. And if we would worship God, we would never feel worthless again. We wouldn't have to, oh, I'm so sorry. Here's your blue ribbon for being a lousy baseball player. Oh, here's your A for failing the math test. And we wouldn't have to fabricate that everybody's great at everything because we would all know we're of value because we're created in the image of God, but we have to make it up because we're worshiping the wrong thing. We're worshiping each other instead of worshiping God. What we worship determines the substance of our lives. And by the way, for those of you who might be guests, I'm sorry for my intensity, but here, you just know something about me. When I'm really mad at myself about something, because I've blown it here, when I'm really mad at myself something about something, I, I get in, I, I just, I beat you up because it's cheaper than counseling. I mean, that's kind of the way I, I do it. So just, you know, you just have to forgive me. I'm so intense about this because I feel like we're all... Returning to the same place time and time and time again, and we don't have to. And see, I, I, I don't usually teach between Christmas and New Year's, and this year as I was on my study retreat, I just, I, this idea so gripped me that I just, I had to share this before we went into 2016, I had to do it. Because we're making our resolutions and our little cute things and we're determining what we're going to do so we'll feel better about ourselves in 2016. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to feel better about yourself in 2016 unless you start worshiping the only one who can fill you with the substance of what life is supposed to be. We shouldn't have i oh, I'm going to lose weight and then I'll be really sexy and happy. No, you won't. Can you imagine me saying, "Then I'll be sexy"? And you know I mean, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Losing weight's not going to make me happy because that means I won't be eating, and how can you be happy when you don't eat? <laughs> I don't get it. We make all these dumb resolutions. Yeah, we should have one resolution: I'm going to start worshiping God. That's what our resolution should be gonna put him first. So I don't live a worthless life. What we worship determines the substance of our lives. Let me just give you some, uh, some reasons. I, I, and I've learned, remember, I mean, I'm, I've learned this through time. What, what, we, what we worship determines the substance of our lives because what we worship determines the direction of our lives. When I was putting sports first, what was the direction of my life? Sports. When I was putting girls first, what was the direction of my life? Girls. When I was putting career first, what was the direction of my life? Career. When I was putting money first, what was the direction of my life? Money. When I was putting family first, what was the direction of my life? Family. Can you say that God is the direction of your life? Do you see the point? No wonder we keep ending up at the same place. What we worship determines the substance of our lives because what we worship determines the character of our life. My my moral makeup... The quality of my life, the choices I make, is determined ultimately by what I worship. If I worship money, what will the character of my life be like? I'll do anything I can to get it. I'll lie, cheat, and steal. If I'm religious, I'll do it in a way that I cover it well. But I'm still going to do it. If pleasure is my, what I worship, then what I'm going to do? The character of my life will be, I will use anyone for my own advantage in any way. And then I'll apologize later for it. I mean, it's, it determines the character of your life. What's the character of your life like? You see, it, it, it's determined by what you worship. Yeah, I look in the mirror sometimes and go, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep doing that? That's a dumb question. I know why I keep doing that because I'm, devoting myself to the wrong thing. What we worship determines the substance of our lives because it determines the impact of our lives, whether our impact's good or bad, of makes a positive difference or a negative difference. The difference between the wise men, for example, and Herod, at least in the story that we have, pretty different, right? Why? Because what they were worshiping was different. What we worship determines the substance of our life because it determines the significance. We're looking for significance and we're not finding it because we keep worshiping things that have no significance. God said it. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. I urge you to stop living a worthless life when God has made you of such significant worth. But it's impossible for you to live a life of worth until you start devoting yourself to the only one who gives you worth. Worth. Jesus Christ. He's it. He's our option. Through the experience of my life, I've learned through failure after failure and getting to the same place in the same place time and time again that, that only the one true God is worthy of our worship. I said it in the introduction. I'll say it again at the end. I thought it would be good to stick it in the middle. Only God is truly worthy of worship. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 4.8. It is written... Worship the Lord your God and serve him. And what's that last word? Only. Only. That's it. Does that mean I can't be a lawyer when I grow up? Yes. No, it doesn't. No, I'm just kidding. It does not. But you see, you can be a lawyer, but the the point of everything you do as a lawyer should be to do what? Serve Jesus. Serve God. And the same thing with teacher or factory worker or whatever. Worshiping anyone or anything else is a waste of worship. And let me, let me say this and say it loud and clear. Worshiping anyone or anything else is a waste of a life. And as we head into 2016, I urge you not to make choices that are going to leave 2016 one more worthless year in your history book. But instead, make it a year of unbelievable worth because it's the year you decided you were going to devote yourself to the only one worthy of worship. Through my experiences, I've learned that we've all messed up our lives by turning away from God to worship something else. We've all done it. And I grew up in churches where I thought, you know, you know pastors like, had like a 10-foot-long finger and they were pointing at everybody. You, 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 And then every time he pointed at me, he was right. You're a jerk, yes. <laughs> You're bad, yes. <laughs> You have fun and I hate you. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's... In the church, it was like they were perfect. And I was But you know what I've learned in time? No one's perfect. We're all just messed up, flawed people. We've all messed up. I'm so tired of people not me. The, the people who say not me are the most messed up and confused and delusional. And I wish they would be on medicine. Because you... you, you have messed up you've blown it and what have you blown it because you? because you have put something else ahead of God and you know what in 2015 you did it and more than likely you came here this weekend doing it which is why we're not experiencing what we should be experiencing look at Deuteronomy 30 verses 17 to 18 but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them I declare to you this day that you'll certainly be destroyed He didn't say, I'm going to destroy you. You'll be destroyed. We destroy ourselves by leaving God out. For the wages of sin is death. When we turn to anything else and devote ourselves to it other than God, we destroy ourselves because life... Is only found in him. Love is only found in him. Joy is only found in him. Fulfillment is only found. It's only in him. Make him your resolution this year. Make worshiping him your resolution this year, because in so doing, you'll find what you're looking for. I'm just going to use this as an example. It's not to not to push any agenda, but but worshiping money is a good example here. And remember, I've done it. Look at 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. I mean, love of money, man, it, it creates all kinds of bad choices. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. One, because they love money, they've wandered from God. And what's the result? They've pierced themselves through with many griefs. And it's not just money. For the love of sex is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for have wandered. From, how was that? Was that pretty good? Did you see that? And you didn't think I had a filter. (laughs) And and they've pierced themselves through with many griefs. And some people, for the love of success, have found it's the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for success, some of you have wandered from the faith and pierced yourselves through with many griefs. Some people, do you see it? It's about what we replace God with. And it'll always pierce us through with many griefs. I've been to that place a lot and I bet you have, but there's a great solution. Worship God and serve Him only. And here's the application I wanna give you this weekend. And I know, I mean, I can just tell by how noisy it is in here that you're all really in love with this talk so far. I mean, it's like, you're just going, thank God I woke up, got here, sacrificed, left family at home to come to church so this guy could use me as his counseling punching bag. All right, here we go. Here's the application. If we're going to experience genuinely fulfilling lives, and can I just say this out loud? That's what we're looking for. Every resolution you make this year is going to be about trying to find fulfillment you didn't have last year. All that we do, we're looking for fulfilling lives. Every betrayal we've ever made about finding fulfillment, every commitment we've ever kept, it's about trying to find fulfillment. Every dream we have, it's about finding fulfillment. If you genuinely want to experience fulfillment in your life, You have to worship the God you were designed to worship. That's just all there is to it. That's when everything comes into a Look at Jonah chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Salvation comes from the Lord. As a pastor, I hear it a lot. How come God shows them favor and not me? And how come God does this for these people and not me? And how come blah, 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 blah? We forfeit the grace that is ours because we make the choice to follow worthless idols. Salvation is from the Lord. This is what I know about 2016. God's grace is being poured out for you. But most of us are going to miss it and forfeit it. And experience the same place next year that we're in this year because we worship something else, hoping it'll give us salvation. Let me just say it again. Salvation comes from the Lord. We need to worship him. I mean, that's the deal. I mean, he's what we have to focus on. You can change anything about yourself and it's going to change nothing about yourself until you let Jesus in. So I'm going I'm to do something that everyone tells me I shouldn't do these days. I'm an old dude, right? And I, 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 I kind of like acrostics, and I kind of like, you know, like, give me three Cs, you know, give me four Ds, and all that stuff. And they say, anyone 35 and down goes, oh, three Cs, Ooh, that's deep, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, th- first of all, tough. And second of all, you know what's cool about three Cs? Even if you hate it, you're going to remember this. These three C's, they're really important. If you're gonna change your year this coming year, here's the first one. You have to confess your misplaced worship. You have to confess it. You you have to come to the place, and this is why most of us miss all that God has for us, because it's not my fault, God didn't show up, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's parents, they didn't give me a blue ribbon when I failed in baseball, all that junk we come up with. Let me just tell you something. You have to come to the place where you go, I'm experiencing worthlessness not because I don't have worth but because I've made worthless choices. I've misplaced my worship. What, what did you worship this last year that left you in the same old place again? Confess it. Look what Jesus says, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you see it? You gotta confess it. Do you know how you can avoid carrying all the junk of 2015 into 2016 by confessing it before you go there? Well, this year I'm going to do this different. I'm gonna... Why don't you just confess the junk and move into next year without it? The second thing you got to do, if you're going to really start worshiping God instead of and start getting, stop getting to the same place, then you have to, this is the second C, you have to choose to worship God supremely primarily as your first priority you have to choose to worship him and most of us come on he's second third or tenth i mean think about that when do we think about him when we need him for what we want oh, who's first lovers of themselves and very often we're pursuing god so that we can get from him what we truly value and worship when what we need is him and we just need to say i'm going to choose to worship him supremely him supremely whatever comes in my life if i have him i've got enough in matthew 22:37 love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind do you and by the, by the way, can I, I, I just say this? A lot of people go, I, I don't get it. How do, I, how do I love him more? How do I worship him more? It's so easy. You, you open your heart to him more. That's what you do. I've been married 36 years, and I'm gonna tell you, uh, I, I'm not the perfect husband. I don't even know. How do you how do you do how do you, how do you become better? I, pff, I don't know. 36 years, and I'm still clueless. But you know what I know? If I open my heart to my wife just a little bit more this next year my relationship with her will be a little more intimate, a little bit more deep, and a little bit more like we're one. Just open my life to her a little bit more. It's not about getting the milk when I'm supposed to. See, she doesn't get mad at me because I do wrong things. She gets mad at me when it seems like I don't care. And do you know the same thing's true with Jesus? You want Jesus, just open your heart to him. That's why in Revelation 3.20, he says, hey, behold, I'm standing at the door knocking, and all you have to do is open the door, and I'll come in. I'm the one you're missing. And so before I give you the last principle and verse and close this deal out, I, I just, I just want to pray with you. Uh, kind of it's the last time I get to be with you before we go into 2016 and I just love to pray with you so would would you honor this moment those of you in person I'd love for you to honor this moment those of you here if you're watching online the same and and I I think a lot of you are already believers you'd say I'm a follower of Jesus but I bet I bet you've put other things first in your life this year why don't you confess that and choose him instead right now in this prayer but maybe you're here and you're saying I don't know him well. I'm going to pray right now, and it's going to be a prayer about opening your life to Him. And you can take my words and make them yours. Would you? Would you just quietly in your heart to God, just if you're ready to open your life to Him, say, Jesus, I, I, I've put my worship in all the wrong things, and I keep ending up at the same place. I've, I've sinned against You by leaving You out and doing my own thing. But You died on that cross so that You could die in my place, and You rose again to give me new life. And so by faith, I trust your forgiveness and I claim the new life. Help me to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed with me, we've made it real easy for you to find ways to take next steps in your relationship with God. And in your program, if you're in one of our services, uh, one of our campus services, you just take this connection card out, you fill it out, Check that circle at the bottom where it says, "You prayed with me, and then there are boxes at every exit. please get it to us, and we 'd love to send you some information about next steps you can take with God and By the way, if you 'd like to pray with or talk to someone after the service, then when everyone else is leaving, come forward and in all of our environments, and the prayer team will be up here they 'd love to spend some time with you but here 's the last thought: remember three c 's: you have to confess misplaced worship, you have to choose to worship Him supremely, and then you have to commit to guiding others to him. You have to commit to guiding others to him, the third C. This whole thing started out, do you remember when I asked you to hold that star thought in your mind until the end of the talk? Oh, it's wise men and following the star and all that different stuff. Well, when the wise men saw the star, they wanted to worship Jesus. That's what they wanted to do. They, they have, that's a cool star. There's gotta be a divine thing at the other end of that or whatever. And then, and when they saw the star over the child, it. The Bible says they were overjoyed. They were filled with joy because the star led them to Jesus. Did, did you know God wants us to be the bright shining star that leads the people who know us to Jesus? Did you know that? I, I think a lot of people read this story about the wise men and they don't know. It's the story of what God's called them to be. Because when you confess misplaced worship and then you choose to worship God supremely, you know what happens. You're so filled, you get to the right place. It's like my son-in-law. No, just do this. (laughs) You do it, I'll watch. You know, it's like, like, you watch, You. I want to do that, I want to do that. And so people want to find the Jesus that changed us, that got us to a different place. Look at Matthew 5, 14 and 15. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. I mean, if you're filled with light, you can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and gives light to everyone in the house. God wants us to be the bright and shining star that leads people to Jesus. Can I ask you a question? Are you that bright, shining star? I mean, this year, did they go, oh, my gosh. I, I, whatever your light's pointing to, I want that. If not, it's because, one of two things, you're not a bright and shining star, you're not worshiping the right things, you haven't chosen to worship him supremely, or you have and you haven't yet committed to being a bright and shining star leading other people to the Savior. You haven't let yourself be close enough to them. Some of you have put yourself under a bowl at work so no one will know that Jesus shines in your heart. And some of you have put a bowl over yourself in the neighborhood, the same thing time to let the light shine because in 2016 our lives will be very very different if we confess our misplaced worship choose to worship him supremely and then commit to guiding others to him if we want to make 2016 a great year then we must make sure we're worshiping the one and only great god worship the great god it becomes a great year Let's enjoy it together. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll see you next time.